lot of people that just love first take they love everything about it how how it's framed everything they used to it and it, it's become a part of they like growing up their process when they come you i think maybe the younger generation and, and maybe the, even the, maybe the t- players with 10 more because you, like i said you just named what two two players that did they just added which is richard sherman and um why am i drawing a blank on him you just said it the wide receiver prizes uh, oh Keyshawn. Keyshawn. just added him and um I, I I'm going to tune in definitely because I was mad that they messed up uh, Keyshawn with uh, J, uh, Jay. Yeah, um, that that was a nice show. I like that. I, I wake up early, so that was my show. So the fact they took that away, they kind of annoyed. So um, I don't know if it'll be a total overthrow, but it, they'll definitely rival it for sure. It's the new NWO, man. show i am back on vacation and i am tanner i am tan i've got my little tan little heat on you know what i'm saying working on the little bronze <laughs> mode right now but i'm super excited to be with the family again super excited to be with you look we're gonna cover the future of the bulls because lonzo is out again and i like lonzo ball so anytime we cover sports i gotta bring the sports guru himself back on the show so ladies and gentlemen please welcome Steve-O speaks. Steve-O, how you doing today? It's good, man. It's hot. That's all it is. But hey, it's another good day of my life. That's it. It's, a, it's hot, but we're blessed to be here. It feels like Miami outside of Chicago. Well, it feels like Saudi Arabia. Yeah. No, stay, stick around because it will change. Look, we got an exciting one. Um, Lonzo Ball uh, is out. Lonzo announces uh, via social media that you know he will be done for the season i saw him on trey young's podcast talking about what could have been he felt like he let the bulls organization down and i really feel sorry for zoe because zoe really had the complete package for a point guard right he had the natural height uh the natural passing ability the iq the defensive prowess the only thing he was missing when he first got drafted was a shot and then we saw continual improvement upon the shot and when he gets the opportunity to lead his own team, bam! Right? Injury that has derailed, at least seemingly temporarily, another career. What are your thoughts on the Lonzo situation? The word is unfortunate. It is extremely unfortunate. Um, like you said, out of all the ball brothers, he was the complete package. He was the first one, so um, he was the uh, guideline to get them everybody through. Well, one of one of them through for right. sure. So um, it just sucks because, it, it, for one, it's not a regular injury. That's one one thing because I've been breaking it down all summer, all past year. It's not a regular injury. First of all, it was a torn meniscus, which is people tell the torn meniscus every year, but it's always a discussion on keeping it in or taking it out. Um, he decided to repair it, so we was like, okay, that's a good thing that will make his career longer. Um, but then we was still getting reports that 
yeah, he not he still feeling pain in his knee. And we like, okay, what you mean? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, we need to understand what's going on. He's still feeling pain, feeling pain. Now we're going to multiple doctors. Now you hear uh, his dad coming out saying that he didn't like some of the things the Bulls did, which I kind of agree with. I do feel like that time, that first original injury, we did rush. We did rush him back because we thought he could do some things in the playoffs. And with an injury like that, he shouldn't have been running nothing. He shouldn't have been doing that. He should have been resting, doing aerobics, water work. That's what he should have been doing. But he wasn't. So um, he's still feeling pain on that knee. Then he got a scope surgery. Yeah, That's just to clean up some stuff in the knee. Uh, we was going to wait that out. We waited that out. And then they came to the conclusion that it was like, okay, there's a, a more bigger problem that we don't understand. And then we went to doctors and doctors and doctors till it came to the conclusion that, like, he needs a cartilage, cartilage on transplant. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is not necessarily a sports injury. That's a I'm 65 and I just want to walk for the rest of my life injury. Mm. So the percentage of that injury for first of all is rare that it happens in sports and then the athletes that did do it i want to say it was 13 percent was able to come back and it was only like 10 to 9 percent that was able to come back and be, do whatever what they was before so it's like that whole injury is way more compound than people even understand like this last surgery he just did which is probably as big as is yep. a, it's a way of life surgery. It's not a sports surgery. A way of life. I think that's a very interesting uh, uh, way to phrase it. Um, you know, you hate to hear these things, right? You hate to see it. You never wish this upon anyone. You think of branding uh, Roy. Uh, you think of Sam Bowie. You think of Penny Hardaway. You think of Bo Jackson. Um, you think of even Derrick Rose to an extent, right? You think of in careers that have been severely derailed. Uh, based on these injuries, right? When it comes to Lonzo Ball, uh, is there a hope? You know, I saw the video we saw. I think everybody saw it on social media because Stephen A. Smith brought up that, you know, he has trouble sitting. He's doing the one-legged kind of sitting squats um, to yeah. prove that he can sit and say, who are your sources? So it seemed optimistic, like, hey, but honestly, uh, is he going to return? I mean, he's out this season uh, the the word is out. You know, I'm sure the the Bulls will find a way, particularly in the new collective bar- bargaining agreement, uh, to shift the salary and the weight of the salary. Uh, they can get some assurance based on because of the injury and the, and the player that they have. Yeah, we already have. Right, uh, we got yeah. the. Um, it wasn't the completely end the career injury. It was just um, basically like half. You get like ten million out of it instead of the whole twenty. Right. So is is there a chance that we will see Lonzo return to the hardwood floor? Uh, right now, I'm going to say no, just because, um, like, I, I, I get what he was trying to do with that video. But like, bro, that's completely different between playing for 20 to 30 minutes to an hour or running and cutting. Like anybody like my father can run right now if he wanted to. But in five minutes, his knees gonna start. Like we could put on a strong face, which I felt like it was kind of. It was look like he was putting on a strong face because it just didn't look like I've seen 
professional athletes do that exact move. Hey, hey, I've even been in therapy doing that exact move. He's not sure in that knee yet. It was still shaky. Um, like I said, like he might not be feeling pain. Maybe the pain that we I was recently uh, recently just talking about, like it was constantly there. Like we was getting reports that like it was trouble for him just walking upstairs, like just participating with. Like he has a daughter that's extremely active. You see on Instagram, he used to always play with his daughter. It was just trouble having that. He was laying down, sitting down. So um, to me, right now, I'm not really concerned on him playing right now. I'm I was more concerned of the Lonzo the person because um, Lonzo the person is. We all know he's a good dude. Um, no trouble out of him, and you could tell he genuinely just love ball. And that's the that's the scariest part to watch about athletes because once that game is taken away and you don't see no silver lining on the other side, it's almost like you it's 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 a scary time because you just don't know what they're thinking. So I, I'm just glad to see him. I see Lonzo like in that video. That the only thing that gave me hope was I seen Lonzo. That wasn't a fake Lonzo in there. So it, let's say let's say even if he does return, he's just not the ball. Uh, that was projected to be right. Um, the Bulls, you know, are, are we in rebuild? I mean, again, um, because and I know you just went to Bulls Fest, you know, so you you're kind of a loyalist right now. But it seems like, you know, last season was a letdown. They got to the play in and they got bounced out the second uh, game. Uh, does Demar, does Zach fit? You still don't know who your point guard is going to be. You're shaky down low, no wing presence. You just basically have a two and a three, but they're both the same positions. What is the future of the Chicago Bulls? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I genuinely don't know. If you um, I don't know if you listen to the um, uh, what do they call it? It's like the end of the the end of the year um press conference. Yeah, the exit. Um, the exit, yeah, the exit interviews, basically. Um, they have this mindset of we're right there. Like, we're not too far behind. And we're sitting here like, did we watch the same thing? We watched just because right. you were sitting here, almost made it, almost dove in through the play-in, don't mean that's where we want to be at. Right. So they still have this mindset that they're just a couple pieces away from figuring this thing out. And I'm sitting here telling you, like, look here. I love DeMar. I love everything DeMar have done for us. But if you're betting on him being our number one, we're not winning nothing. We're not winning nothing. We didn't see it with the Toronto. We didn't see it with San, uh, San Antonio. He's just, yes, he, playing that way, is he's playing a, a 90s game, but he has to be in a team that works for him. And most likely he's going to be coming off the bench, which I don't know if he's willing to do. And I don't even know if it's right, but like, yeah, with Zoe there, I think that's the thing why with Zoe, it was a lot of things where he said, like, I, I feel like a letdown because, yeah, this team was basically built around Zoe and kind of DeMar and, Zoe, and, and Zach. And it only works with Zoe there because he makes everything easier. So when you have uh, DeMar bringing up the court and then you have Zach right there like, all right, y'all just gave me his money. I want to be that dude, but you're not giving me dude. Uh, you're not putting me in position to be that dude. It's going to clash, especially when you don't have a point guard there. 
Right. So I don't know what this future holds. I really don't. Um, I he used to call me a loyalist. I told everybody there I'm not wearing no type of red, blue, because I just they I, I feel like they led us astray. They said they was gonna put some work in. And don't get me wrong, Javon Carter is a good player, and along with Tory Craig, but that is not what you said. You said you was gonna make some major moves. If you're talking about this major moves, you are a liar. That's interesting. We're gonna cover the future Chicago sports. I wanna Brian, you know, bring up this uh, thing that I read, an article, a little rumor, but very good conjecture. Quick word from our sponsors. There's a hero in all of us waiting to be unleashed. All it takes is just that one last push. Activate the hero within with CBMK Global Supplements. All natural, steroid-free, designed to enhance performance, build muscle, and increase energy. You are unstoppable. You can do this. Become your own hero at www.cbmkglobal.store. Y'all, what are y'all waiting for? www.cbmkglobal.store. I want y'all to subscribe to the YouTube page, CBMK. Get it today. You're missing out. You see the logo? You see this? You see how fierce it is? That could be you. I want to unleash that in the inside of you today. Best protein on the market, Transformers, pre-workout, superpower, and warrior thirst, www.cbmkglobal.store. I read an article. Red came across a little rumor. Hit the news. You know, the unfortunate truth is that Chicago is still Chicago. And with the violence and the increase in tax and the cost of living and Everything else that plagues this city. A rumor got leaked. A certain owner of a certain team who is also the owner of the Chicago Bulls stated that it might be time for the Chicago White Sox to look for a different home. That it's time that Chicago is no longer a place for his team. And if he moves the White Sox, the Bulls are next. Do is there any truth to this? Do you feel like that was just, you know, locker room chatter that got misinterpreted? Or are we on the verge of losing two major sports teams? Well, because we've already lost the Bears. They're gone. It just hasn't happened. Are, are, is Chicago falling? No. It, I believe he put that out intentionally, but it's not to actually move. To me, we all know, I don't know if you know this, but he wants a new stadium. That's his main thing. He wants a new stadium and he wants the city to pay for it. So he's trying to use that as leverage to be a threat to, oh, you're about to lose two stadiums. I mean, two, basically two teams. So uh, how about uh, y'all pay for this stadium and I'll stay here? But he ain't going nowhere. He done made too much money here. The money is definitely going to drop. And if he's sitting, here, and he's sitting here trying to blame it on like uh, the attendance, I'm like, you suck. Like, so when you expect us to be here, we're only going to be here for opening day and when the Cubs come here. So um, I don't. I, I just feel like he just trying to. He just baiting. He just trying to bait them into um, giving them what they want. But they're going to be in Guarantee Field, and they're going to be Sox, and they're going to be in Chicago. He's not moving no damn way. So let's let's say he's not baby though. A, there's nowhere to build in Chicago for a stadium. 
You better go that take area, some of the field. Bridgeport slash Bronzeville is hot, yeah. hot, hot real estate, very expensive. The cost would be enormous, and to shift that onto the taxpayers would be obscene. Mm-hmm. Let's say he takes his team and moves to central Illinois. Let's say at the capital. And let's say instead of the Chicago White Sox, it's the Springfield White Sox. Springfield has all this land. They can they want the the commerce, the business, the community wants it. Baseball is as American as apple pie. If it's the culture of central Illinois, they give him the money that he wants to build the stadium. It's safer. You get a higher fan turnout because you get all those Cardinal fans that are going to St. Louis, going to Bush Stadium to no longer go to Bush, but to go to the new and improved White Sox field. Does the Chicago White Sox leave and eventually do the Bulls leave and become the Illinois baseball and basketball team? Uh, no, because for one, he'd be stupid to take that Chicago off of it. But like I said, he'd have made too much. Like, this is the thing yeah. One, I'm not worried about the Bulls at all because that's a $5 billion organization. You, yeah. you, you're not touching that. And then the Sox is his baby. The Sox is like, he cares. It don't look like it, but he cares about the Sox way more than he care about the Bulls. That's true. So, I, to me, he's just bluffing. He's really just bluffing to me. Like, all that sounds nice and dandy, and I wouldn't mind it. Just don't take the Chicago off. Just do what the Bears doing. Don't take the Chicago off. Because, like, like, like I, I said with the whole thing, with everybody was getting upset, like, you can't leave Chicago. It's hold the field. I'm like, bro, if you look at every NFL team, maybe 10% of them is actually in the city they're, they say they're built from. Everybody is in a suburb of something. So I don't care. First of all, you can go leave Guarantee. It's not the best stadium either. It's not. It's not. Just like Soldier Fear, it's not the best stadium. Go. It's stank there. Yeah. The bathrooms are horrible. Yeah. The parking, the transportation is horrible. Yeah. Now the transportation, you gonna I feel like if you move from Guarantee Ray, you're gonna be mad about how easy that commute was for everybody. Unless like you said, you go to central um, Illinois, go to Springfield. Maybe that's a good idea. Like, but uh, you will lose a nice amount of Chicago people supporting your team. Not all of them, but a nice portion of them, though. But to me, I think he's bluffing. Now, the thing about bluffs, you only bluff when you know you got something for real in your back pocket, right? That's what a good bluffer <laughs> does. And um, you never know. Things change. Demographics change. I've always said Illinois needs a team uh, in central and southern part. Right? They need to kind of break up the teams up here in Chicago and, and reallocate. So it's always a thing. But let's pivot. So uh, Undisputed is about to start, just like ESPN first take. The rosters have been set. We are now looking at an Undisputed roster of Richard Sherman. Rachel Nichols, Keyshawn Johnson, and Nick Wright. So they bossed over the heat. They, 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 
<laughs> it's the heat. They have taken they have taken a bunch of personalities. Oh, and Little Wayne. He yeah, Wayne. Yeah, Little Wayne. <laughs> I forgot almost. I forgot Little Wayne. Um, right. And basically all of Skip's friends, right? People that have admire Skip, work well with Skip. And you know, now that the stage is set, are we looking at the overthrow of ESPN first take? Because as good as Stephen A. Smith is, him and Shannon alone versus the Monstars, that's going to be a hard one to pull off. I mean, it, it, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think... I'm telling you, I, I think Stephen A and Shen is going to be a, a totally different beast that nobody's ready for. I almost feel like they don't want that to happen. That's just me. But like, um, it's almost like it feels like WWE and WCW. That's what it feels like almost. It's like they both have, it's almost like pick your poison. I don't know if it, it will ever be the point where like um, they completely overthrows them. I just be like, I feel like there'll be times where First take is up, undisputed is up, undisputed is down, first take is up, face and then vice versa. I feel like it will be both that. It's just whatever your poison is. I think there's it's just there's a there's a, a portion of people that just love first take. They love everything about it, how how it's framed, everything they used to it, and it, it's become a part of they like growing up their process. When they come, you I think maybe the younger generation and and maybe even maybe the two players would tend more because, you, like I said, you just named what two two players that just, they just added, which is Richard Sherman. And um, why am I drawing a blank on him? You just said it. The wide receiver. Is, is, uh, oh, Keyshawn. Keyshawn. You just added him. And um, I, I I'm going to tune in definitely because I was mad that they messed up uh, Keyshawn with uh, uh, Jay. Yeah. Um, that that was a nice show. I like that. I, I wake up early, so that was my show. So the fact they took that away, they kind of annoyed me. So um, I don't know if it'll be a total overthrow, but it, they'll definitely rival it for sure. It's the new NWO, man. It's uh, it's, <laughs> right. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they did at Undisputed. They took the I won't say throwaways, but those who were mistreated by the industry. And, uh, you know, have kind of a chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. and they're seeking blood. And even though Stephen A. Smith is the man and Shannon is going to be awesome. But uh, that NWO is going to be a, a nice thing to watch because you just don't know. Right. My other thing is. Linear TV. I think everything's at a pivot point. Yeah, most definitely. It's hard because, like we saw, the acquisition of BT uh, fall through. Paramount decided not to sell. Viacom decided not to sell. Those that had some stake or some interest pulled out because nobody really watches cable. I mean, cable is like, you know, for certain things. NBA Finals. Yeah. Super Bowl. Super Bowls, that's natural TV. Yeah, natural TV. You know, The Bachelor, you know, nobody really watches for the consistency, right, of it. Everything is pretty much YouTube, right? And whatever I can view on my phone, Netflix, streaming. 
Streaming and YouTube, for sure. Yeah, it's really just those two for the main. Do you think the the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, the uh, Skip Baylesses, remember not Skip, but do you think that we've created a monster that now because we don't have a standard uh, wall of entry, I don't want to say wall, but a point of entry, it's great because now there's free access, but it's like, how do you create validation? Are we harming ourselves by having this type of access and freedom? What do you mean? Or you say monster? Like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, like, you know, now you got, you know, Pat Bear podcast, you got podcast with Pete, right? Uh, yeah. and, and all this stuff to the point where can information be readily assumed that's trustworthy and yet, okay, right? I get what you say. And the war between ESPN and FS1, um, I feel like it's doing more harm than good, right? Are we watching the fall of TV? I think the fall of TV was happening anyway, and it it, it was it's not necessarily just because of anything sports wise. I just think um, people are not sitting down to watch TV no more when they have the phone where like even now I can go to dinner like it used to be a thing like your pops would be like your your mom would go to your pops and be like hey let's go to dinner what you talking about Kobe playing right now I'm not going nowhere right and then nowadays it's like they, hey I want to go to dinner all right cool I'm watching the game they're driving there going home so it's no problem like right. you can catch everything on your phone so I think that's what's really was killing it but uh, when it comes to that, the, the the sports thing, I think what's hurting it really is more is the attack on the media terms of journalism wise. Yeah, because um, I feel like a lot of players are getting in this space and not they don't understand journalism at all. They don't try to understand it. So they just think there's just goofy journalists out here saying anything not realizing that it's like it's a machine behind them telling them to do this or I get fired. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of them is slowly, especially like I think PG was probably one, uh, Paul George is one of the first people to realize that because he did have Stephen A on there. He's like, bro, half of the stuff these dudes are saying, don't, they don't want to say to you because even they probably already know, but somebody is telling me, bro, if you don't ask this question, I'm going to get somebody else to do it. And we're not getting paid nowhere near the Steve, like just the regular journalism journalists. They're not getting paid like Stephen A's and everybody else. So Stephen A's can, that's why they can have shows and just talk about <laughs> Cowboys and Lakers all day. Yeah. And you sit there and you, yeah, we love the insight of the player in the locker room because that's what we all been wanting. But if you're going to go into this space, you got to understand the space of YouTube, streaming, all that, and journalism. And then once, and that's, and that's why I feel like once they understand that, they won't be attacking the media the way they are. Now, don't get me wrong. There's definitely some media out there that earn the way they get attacked, um, saying stuff they got no business saying, right. uh, getting personal, more personal than they should be. But, um, I think it's just a big misunderstanding uh, on the entertainment side versus the journalism side. Journalism is trying been, been for years been trying to un, like basically explain to them what it is, and they're not taking heed to it. 
But now that they're jumping into a similar space as the journalist, now they don't have no choice but to take you. It's true. I'll be back with a final word after our sponsors. I literally just tried the best pre-workout on the planet. With Superpower Pre-Workout, you have increased focus and a power boost every single time you work out. It's not only packed with 225 milligrams of caffeine, but it also has citrulline and creatine. It's insane how much energy and focus I had during my workouts. If you're ready to take your workouts to the next level, then ditch your current pre-workout and get the Superpower Pre-Workout to be your own hero. Y'all, www.cvmkglobal.store, where it goes down. Subscribe to YouTube, CVMK, Instagram, CVMK underscore global. It is what it is, underscore show. You know, here's what I think happens. Along with technological innovation, there was a shift between what is written and who is writing it. And when you switch from subject to personality... Now the personality becomes the focus and the personality has to be a draw. The problem is most person or most gifted writers or journalists are not very entertaining. You know, just because you can write a column, you know, 500 word column every day and people want to follow that. When they look at you, you might not have stage presence. You might not have camera presence or you're not funny or you're not engaging. You're charismatic. And individuals like the Stuart Scott's of the world, the Dan Patrick's of the world, the Stephen A. Smith's of the world, Skip Bayless's of the world, who possessed both talents, ascended into higher heights. The problem now is there is only a recognition of their entertainment skills, not their journalism skills, but they don't have to be journalists because nobody's reading columns anymore. People read tweets People read 100 words or less exposés, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever you put on threads or X now, right? Uh, they're not they're not uh, sitting there going, oh, that was good. Page one, page two, right? They're not reading these many books that writers are writing. So when it comes down to entertainment, everybody feels like they can entertain. So now everybody just needs to, you know, click record and get a mic and they just say whatever, whatever. And it has nothing to do with anything. There's no format. There's no flow. But here's the problem. You start diluting the product. And in the words of Frank Lucas, I don't care what you call it. Just don't call it black. That's it. <laughs> Just don't call it blue magic. <laughs> That's it. Oh, it's been another episode of CBMK Show. It is what it is. Where it goes down. That's my cast, boy. If you ain't subscribed to me, I don't know what's wrong with you. I want you to subscribe right now. YouTube CBMK. Click, share, like, hit the notification button. Steve-O, where can they connect with you, man? Hey, follow me on Steve-O Speaks on everything. YouTube, Twitter, and then follow me on NBA Central and the whole Central fam. I'm all through there. Just tune in over there. I'm always dropping something. You always dropping heat, y'all. They just pulled up the Bulls fest. I didn't get the invite. I don't, I'm not there. I don't have enough followers yet. But if you want to keep seeing amazing stuff, you know what you got to do. This podcast. Be there next year. Damn. Sure. And I will be there next year. And until next time, thanks. <laughs>